Paleo Hackers. Welcome back to the Paleox Podcast. That means it's Thursday. Normally we have guests coming on and giving us their latest and greatest, uh, what they're working on and whatnot. I thought this week I'd just take it solo and uh, well, I, I, I guess let me explain before we get going into it. There's two ways to inspire change. Anything you want to change, whether it be health, lifestyle, you name it. The first way is new information. So you learn something and you want to apply it. Uh, that would be, you know, do this. But the second way is fear. And that is don't do this, right? And I think so many times in the health community, we get on that kind of don't do this kick. And we develop this list of not to do's. Don't eat gluten. Don't eat grains. Don't eat dairy. Uh, don't get your omega-369 ratio out of whack. And... Uh, I guess that works, but I wanted to take a show to kind of focus on what to do. This is something I'm really passionate about because, uh, what was it, two two years ago, I started developing the not-to-do list, right? And I had everything on there like gluten, processed foods, 369 ratio, don't do long cardio, don't, 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 don't. And I was kind of lost and I was I was thinking, okay, well, what do I do? Um, and it really stressed me out. I remember developing some unhealthy eating habits and body image issues just because I was so concentrated on what not to do. So I really found peace of mind with health and definitely more happiness by focusing on what to add in and not being so fixated and obsessed with what to pull out because you're never going to have a perfect diet. Okay. So today's show is on the best five things to add into your diet, and uh, let's get going. PaleoHacks.com is the place to be. That's our blog, our home. You can get recipes, find the archives for this podcast over there. Um, Really cool stuff. And of course, if you like this podcast, the number one way to support it is to head on over to iTunes and just drop us a rating and review. Takes 30 seconds, really helps out the show. If you want to reach me, email me at Clark at clarkdanger.com. All right, you ready for the show? I'm ready for you to hear it. Let's go hear about the five best health hacks you can add into your lifestyle. All right, health hack number one. Let's talk about oil pulling. Um, Some of you have never heard of this. Some of you are already doing it. Some of you have probably heard of it and never incorporated it. Um, I'm going to tell you kind of the why and the what and the how of oil pulling. So oil pulling is ridiculously complicated. You ready? You pick an oil and you swish it in your mouth, okay? Now, obviously, there's some benefits to this other than just swishing oil in your mouth. Um, in fact, it was practiced in India and Asia for thousands of years in their Ayurvedic medicine, one of the oldest oral health traditions of all time. It's been linked to cure and heal tooth decay, uh, s- strengthening your jaw, pulling toxins out for detoxing, and yes, White teeth, pearly whites, get them in check. So let's talk about how it detoxes you. And that's kind of a catch-all term. But I mean, it, it makes common sense without going too deep into the science. Because uh, a lot of medications, prescription drugs are taken sublingually. So what do you do? You have to put the tablet under your tongue and it absorbs or absorbs into your bloodstream, into your body. Well, that passageway works two ways. You can put things in and you can also pull things out. Um, And so that's what oil pulling does. It it acts as kind of a a lipid, a fat to help uh, facilitate that process of pulling things out. In fact, a lot of uh, soaps need an oil 
to kind of clean you and and so the theory goes pull things out of your dead skin or your bacteria and that's how those work as well so it's a really really good cleaner is oil but with teeth whitening what's really fascinating so the theory goes right i'm not an expert on this guys you can do your own research but that the teeth the stains on your teeth those are not water soluble meaning you can brush your teeth till you're blue in the face and kind of go to the dentist and, and scrape, 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 or bleach them, and they're not coming off. It's because they're lipid-soluble. So that means they need a fat or a lipid to pull them off. And so what oil pulling does is just that. It, it binds to the stains and can pull them off your teeth. Definitely when I'm consistent with it, which I need to be, to be totally honest, I haven't done it in about four days, but when I'm consistent with it, I definitely notice a difference in my teeth and people around me who know me very well. You know, I see my sister or my girlfriend. They're like, man, your teeth are getting whiter, Clark. So this is a really cool practice you can do at home. So how do you do this? All right, I'm gonna give you four easy steps. Ready? The first step is you buy an oil. Um, so you can use avocado oil, olive oil, sesame oil, sunflower seed oil. I believe in Ayurvedic medicine, they were doing, uh, what was it, sesame and sunflower oil was the original ones. However, I really, really, really like, and you probably have it in your house, coconut oil. It's really simple. Um, you just take a tablespoon about and you put it in your mouth and you swish it around, it'll melt. And you can swish it for about 10 to 20 minutes, one to two tablespoons. And, and don't overthink this, guys. Um, the first time I did this, I was in college. And I heard about oil pulling and I, you know, of course, I, I went out and tried it right away. And I thought that the more you swish the oil in your mouth, the better the effect, right? And uh, my jaw was so sore by the end of 20 minutes that I had a hard time eating for three days. Maybe not three days, maybe like two days. But you get the point of the story. It was sore. You don't have to do that. Um, anyway, so once you've swished for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever, do not spit this in your sink because coconut oil at room temperature is wise, solid. And then the summer comes around and it heats up and it's liquid. Okay, so when you spit it out, it's going to be solid. And if you put it in your sink, I've learned the hard way, it clogs it. Um, so put it in your toilet, put it in your garbage or spit it outside. If you want a bonus to this, you can add a few drops of an essential oil when you're oil pulling to kind of give you an added effect. So I like uh, tea tree or lavender, um, peppermint's also really solid. Any of those will work. And then step four guys, okay, so step one is buy the oil. Step two is swish it for about 15 minutes or add uh, essential oils to it. Step three is spit it out, in your, not in your sink. And the last step is to brush your teeth after. This isn't really necessary, but I like it. It makes it feel like it's uh, finished the job. So you can, this is a cool health hack. You can do this while driving, do this in the shower, do this while washing dishes, uh, do this while, I don't know, driving to the gym or watching your TV show or whatever. Um, and it's a great way. It's great for your oral health and it's cheap and you can add it in. All right. The next health hack, what I'm about to tell you, you got to guess what it is. Okay. It's been dated as far back as 10,000 years ago, used by the ancient Egyptians, Romans. It was found, it was so important that it was found in some of their uh, tombs buried with them. Here are some of the uses of it. Keep trying to guess it, okay? Aftershave, deodorant, face mask, household cleaner, 
kidney stone dissolver, mouthwash, produce wash, relief, uh, relief of sunburn, uh, wart remover, weed killer, dandruff feeler, and dishwasher detergent. You give up. We're talking about number health hack, health hack number two, apple cider vinegar. So why use apple cider vinegar? All right, well, let's look at what the research says. I'm going to kind of go over uh, some common reasons of why apple cider vinegar works, kind of what it is, and then, of course, how to use it. So a big claim with apple cider vinegar says that it helps you lose weight. Um, This is one I was looking into because that's a big claim. A lot of people are coming on these blogs saying, oh, drink apple cider vinegar makes you lose weight. Well, uh, good old WebMD had a really good study on it, and it took 175 uh, in Japan, obese versus healthy people. And they split them into two groups, and they gave them either water or vinegar uh, for 12 weeks. They had similar diets. They kept food journals, so they knew all this. Now, the only difference for those 12 weeks were that the apple cider vinegar group drank, um, I believe it was one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar before each meal, okay? And at the end of the 12 weeks, what happened? On average, the vinegar group lost one to two pounds um, over the three-month period. So in addition to uh, whatever they would have lost at the food journals, they lost an additional one to two pounds. So it's it's not necessarily a miracle when it comes to fat loss, but it might aid in weight loss was kind of the conclusion those researchers came to. However, in another study, it showed that apple cider vinegar had significant blood sugar stabilizing effects. And we know from the show, based on the guests who have come and talked, that when your blood sugar is less on that roller coaster, peaking and falling, peaking and falling, you get less insulin spikes. And uh, when you have less insulin spikes, you have a more stable blood sugar, which can aid in weight loss um, and not being such a sugar burner for a real scientific term there. Okay. anyway, so Arizona State University was studying this and they found that uh, it was as effective as some diabetic medications for regulating blood sugar. I mean, that's amazing right there. The simple little apple cider vinegar can be as effective as some medications um, in kind of neutralizing the starch effect on your blood sugar levels. Other people have linked apple cider vinegar to uh, boosting energy, removing lactic acid after a workout, um, having enzymes in it that fight fatigue, uh, fight candida, kind of restore your gut bacteria. And then the last one that was really cool is how it balances the skin of or the pH of your skin rather. And so that can help with sunburns or uh, razor burns and acne was the last benefit. A lot of people report from apple cider vinegar. So what do you use? This is a good question. You want to look for the raw unfiltered apple cider vinegar uh, with the mama it says on there. And the easiest one is just Bragg apple cider vinegar. You can get that pretty much at any uh, grocery store. I know Whole Foods has it. I've, I've even seen it in some conventional grocery stores. However, I will say, you know, I love Trader Joe's with all my heart and soul. And you know that if you listen to the show, I bring them up. But uh, their apple cider vinegar, I looked and it was pasteurized. So you will need to go out and get some Bragg apple cider vinegar, but it's, it's really easy to find. How do you do this? Okay, so there's a couple things. 
Uh, you can drink one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar in water. That's the easiest way. And you can do this right when you wake up in the morning or uh, before meals or after workouts or whenever. You just really want to drink the stuff, okay? Now, if you want to get a little more fancy with it, you can do the one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar. Uh, mix that up with some stevia or uh, maple syrup and cinnamon and drink that as well. I've also seen um, kind of drinks, cocktails being made with apple cider vinegar online. Um, and Hannah Kroom's new book, The Big book, book of Kombucha, she was on the podcast, was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember. I was looking through it and she has some in there, uh, kombucha cocktails with apple cider vinegar. So really, really cool. You can get creative with it. It uh, doesn't taste too bad. Moving on to health hack number three. Drum roll, please. This one is the healthiest herb you've never heard of. I think it's a herb. We'll go with that. Turmeric. All right. It's part of the ginger family and it's uh, got over 6,000 clinical studies proving turmeric to be the most healing herb out there. In fact, there were 600 benefits related to turmeric. So here are some of the best ones. And, and before we get going in this, it's kind of a toss up between, okay, is this turmeric or is it because of the active ingredient curcumin? So for the sake of this, I'm going to be saying curcumin, I mean, uh, turmeric, but that might be interchangeable with curcumin, which is the active ingredient. Okay. Don't get too caught up on, uh, on the uh, semantics there. So some of the 600 benefits, some of the best ones was uh, anti-inflammatory because I guess curcumin blocks some of the inflammation pathways. And it's also been called nature's ibuprofen. It's been so effective in that. Um, detoxification, another benefit. It boosts glutathione in the liver um, for healthier cell function. Internal cleansing to remove plaque buildup in arteries. So the studies say anti-cancer. Curcumin has some of the most backed research around cancer. Depression has been linked, um, not from curcumin, but uh, curcumin has antidepressive benefits. But you know what? The history on curcumin is really the, the selling point because it's been used for over 5,000 years in India. Um, I believe China caught on about 2,000 years ago with it. And then in the 70, 1870s, Curcumin extract was uh, able to be produced in the U.S. from turmeric. And then our studies got really uh, strong there. Um, okay, so how, how do you add in turmeric into your health protocol? That's what this whole show is about. It's, it's focusing on what you can't do. The first way is to make golden milk. This is popular in Japan um, and other parts of Asia. So you're going to need a saucepan. And what you do is you heat up about two cups of water, half a cup of coconut milk, one teaspoon of turmeric, that's it right there, uh, half a teaspoon of cinnamon, half a teaspoon of nutmeg, a little bit of ginger, and you can sweeten it with any honey, stevia, maple syrup you want. You mix that all together and it creates this really, really delicious tasting broth. And it's a, uh, it's a good hot tea. It's perfect before bed. Um, and that's a good way you can get turmeric into your lifestyle. The second way is to just put it on things. Just use it as a herb on your slow cookers or sprinkle it on your potatoes if you're going for starch and you can just start using it as an herb everywhere. Third way, it would be a turmeric juice shot. 
So you can get some of this raw. I know Whole Foods has it. Trader Joe's just stocked it. Uh, you can just juice the stuff and do a shot of it. It's really good. And then also I've seen some external uses of turmeric, um, like a face mask you can do. And then last thing I'll say is uh, capsules. You can supplement with turmeric as well or do them in some tincture extract, but uh, definitely trying to incorporate it in a whole food way um, is best. Now, before we get on to the next health hack, just some tips with turmeric is that uh, curcumin, the active ingredient, right, is fat soluble. So you need a fat to increase the absorption. It's also been linked to be better absorbed with black pepper um, and lime for that reason. And then the last thing is more of a public service announcement. You want to be careful using the stuff, guys, because it stains. It's been used as a clothing dye in India um, for thousands of years, and uh, it was used as a clothing dye in my house for about one day. I stained my favorite white shirt that uh, my girlfriend bought me for Christmas, and uh, she was not too happy, but luckily we have that kind of uh, what do they call that? The bleach pen or the, the, the Tide stain remover stick or something like that. Um, it got it out. So cool story, Clark. All right, guys, the next health hack. Let's start getting moving and grooving. This one's going to be about exercise. High intensity interval training. High intensity interval training is uh, pretty simply explained. I mean, people can complicate it, but for the sake of, of making this call as simple and to the point as possible. It's short, intense burst all out. We're talking a nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 on an effort level, followed by very low intensity cool down periods. You do this five, six, seven times and you're done. Okay. This workout takes anywhere from uh, five minutes to I've seen 30 minutes. So why do you do high intensity roll training? Why do you train at a nine or a 10 for five to 10 minutes. Why, why would you do that? Well, there's been some huge studies, uh, or by huge, I mean like really credible studies from all over the place. I'm sure you've heard of some, but if you haven't, um, what was the study I was looking at? It was Laval University in Quebec and Canada found that high intensity interval cardio helped their trainees lose nine times, nine times, more fat than those who trained the traditional cardio way. And I think by traditional, they were talking about um, kind of that 20 to 60 minute treadmill or, or just standard cardio. Okay. Nine times. That's huge. Um, and then I found in another research study, high intensity interval training was shown to burn adipose tissue. So fat more effectively than low intensity exercise and up to 50% more efficiently. It's kind of been tooted in the bodybuilding community, and I've even heard it in the paleo community as well, that the best way to burn body fat is to do long, slow, low-level intensity cardio. So walking for an hour every day. Um, and some studies are saying that's not true, that actually if you crank the intensity from a 2 all the way up to like a 10, you can get more done in less time. Um, and you know what? Just from a little anecdotal evidence, when I do this for the next two days, my grocery budget triples. I mean, I'm eating everything in sight. I'm a garbage disposal. And um, that's your metabolism cranking on. It really is. 
And it doesn't happen when I'm doing just a, you know, a standard weightlifting workout or I swim or I go to the sauna a lot. It's only when I do that once a week high intensity interval training. I did it two days ago. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tell you how in a little bit, but you can feel it. Okay. When you're doing this interval training, you can feel your body's metabolism sped up, ramped up for the next two days. So regardless of the study, it's something you can feel. But the most important part is that your heart rate is about 85 to 95 percent max. Obviously, it's really, really hard to get to 100. Um, but, you know, you want that 85 to 95 percent max there. And then you want to follow it by low intensity recovery intervals, you know, 50 to 60 percent of your max heart rate. OK, um, and a common work interval formula is two to one. So you want um, 30 to 40 seconds of really hard sprinting, followed by 15 to 20 seconds of jogging or walking. Personally, I've found that two to one flipped a lot better. So um, I'm doing one interval of all out high intensity intervals, and then I'm doing two intervals of really low intensity training. And um, I'm trying to get back into this, just being upfront and honest with you. I haven't done it in about a year. and you you got to work yourself into it because I tried to do my old workout and I was huffing and puffing and felt really bad that I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep up with it. Kind of felt like an athlete who tries to uh, play basketball again since the college days and tears his ACL or whatever first time. A common prescription if you're starting out, what I did was I was just at the gym. I just went on my treadmill and I cranked it up to the incline. I put it at a uh, 10, so you're going up a hill right there. And then I would do 30 seconds on 10 uh, level intensity. So you're running at a 10 at 10, okay? And you do that for 30 seconds. And then you crank it back down to like two or three. Um, and you walk until your heart rate gets back to, for me, it was 120. Okay, and then I would do that again, again, again. But the thing I would do is lower the incline by 1%, the grade, every single time. So the first time you're at 10, then you're at 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, and I stopped at 2, and then I just cooled down. Tabata training is another protocol you can look into. Um, they have TabataTimer.com, I believe. It, Tabata training is pretty much 20-second ultra, ultra-intense intervals followed by 10 seconds of rest. And you continue that for four minutes. So eight cycles. Okay. So there you go. There's that two to one ratio of working to resting incorporated. Now with Tabata training, this is a good thing you can do with uh, burpees, right? So you're doing 20 seconds all out max burpees, where you just go down into push-up position, and then you jump back up and you keep doing that over and over and over again for four minutes. And then you're done. Okay, that's it. Four minutes. Um, or you can do that with squats, you know, all out squat jumps or whatever, four minutes and then you're done. You can do that with jump ropes, you can do that with sprints. So you can really fill in the blank and get creative here. But the hardest part is getting yourself to do that all out nine out of 10 intensity level. All right, the next health hack, guys, the last one of the day. So sad it's coming to an end. This is the most popular beverage in the world after water. Can you guess what it is? Today we're talking about green tea. Now, um, green tea has been, been used for thousands of years. 
And there's a lot of kind of different theories out there about why it works. Some people say it's great for targeting belly fat. Others say anti-cancer, longevity, you die less. So we're going to walk over. I have eight of them right here um, before we close out this show on the health hacks, okay? But first, let's, let's talk about green tea versus black tea. What's the difference? Green tea is less fermented. So you, the theory goes you get the max amount of antioxidants um, from the green tea versus a black tea is, has a very long ferment, um, so it, it might be less beneficial. So let's talk about green tea, okay, the eight benefits. So the first one is EGCG. This is the compound in green tea, okay? One study followed 10 Japanese men and they found that it had a 4% increase in their overall metabolism. Another study found that fat oxidation was increased by 17%, and uh, these were all done in Japanese men. However, I also found studies that said uh, green tea, the response is highly individual, and um, so I'm not actually sure with uh, the EGCG burning fat claim for number one. But number two, you know, green tea has been shown to burn belly fat, okay? Um, Well, there was another study that followed 240 men and women, and it went over 12 weeks. And in this study, the green tea group had a significant decrease in body fat percentage, body weight, waist circumference, and abdominal fat, versus the other one remained the same or uh, just did that normal progression. So green tea might help you burn body fat. The reason is the antioxidant catechins. Let's talk about these for the next benefits, okay? Benefit number three, green tea has been linked to anti-cancer catechins. It's been said to suppress cancer cells, especially in prostate cancer. And one study found men drinking green tea had a 48% lower risk of developing prostate cancer Uh, which is the most common cancer in men. And in breast cancer, on the women who were drinking it, uh, found they were 22% less likely to develop breast cancer, which is the most common breast cancer in women. Focus, mental focus is another one. Green tea has the amino acid L-theanine, and it helps cross the blood-brain barrier and can increase the uh, inhibitory neurotransmitter GABA, which can have anti-anxiety effects and um, increases dopamine production, alpha waves, um, and has a synergistic effect with caffeine, which is cool because if you're drinking, you know, green tea does have a little bit of caffeine in there. um, And so that can kind of help circulate it in your body based on the amino acid it has. Now, let me touch on that kind of anti-anxiety one real quick. A lot of you know I'm a coffee drinker. Drink coffee since I was, I think, 11 years old here in Seattle. But uh, recently, I've gotten really honest with the fact that I get a lot of anxiety with coffee. Like when I drink it, um, I feel great for an hour, two hours, and then I crash hard, probably four, five, six hours in. And then it's either at that point of where I need to drink more coffee to keep going on that energy level, or um, I feel like crap. And I feel like I just got wrecked, you know, that kind of feeling after Thanksgiving. Um, brain fog is a better word for it. So I started switching over to green tea and I felt a lot better. I felt like my mental clarity is 
much better on green tea. I still get that kind of energy boost from caffeine, that focus, but it has a more calming effect than, uh, than when I was drinking coffee. And um, so, that I mean, that's something to throw out there if, if you're kind of, I don't know, you either get that crash or coffee makes you anxious. Just experiment switching it out with some green tea. Moving on, another study found uh, increase in longevity with green tea. Uh, it studied 14,001. Got to have that extra person, right? Can't just do 14,000. Elderly Japanese individuals that were 65 to 84 years old, they found those who drank the most green tea were 76% less likely to die in their six-year study. So that's, that's great. Six years, 76% less likely. Um, and I know some of these studies, guys, can have a correlation causation argument. Like it could just be people who drink green tea are less likely to drink fill in the blank, uh, whether that be alcohol or whether that be, I don't know, soda because they're drinking green tea. So it might not be the green tea specifically, but it might be other factors. I'm well aware of that. You know, there's still some still some benefits with all this stuff we're talking about today. Dental health. Multiple studies have come out showing that it can reduce bad breath and prevent tooth decay. And the last one, the last uh, research thing, benefits. There we go. Word I'm looking for. Another Japanese study found that those who drank green tea had 42% lower risk of developing type 2 diabetes. So cool stuff with green tea. All right, so how do you use this? Great question. The first way, probably the most straightforward way is to buy tea bags and uh, steep it yourself. Now, if you put turmeric from the other video, I mean, from the other health hack, ginger or uh, mint in there, you can kind of make a diffuser or lemon and spice it up a little bit. And actually, the lemon helps the absorption of catechins. So uh, that's another thing to to think about. Um, so that's the tea bag. The second is to brew it yourself with loose leaf um, tea, you know, one to two tablespoons for three minutes, let it steep, and then you can read your tea leaves and see if you're going to die in two months, right? Um, and then the third one is to get a t green tea supplement extract. Now, of course, you know, it's always better to brew it and eat it yourself. Um, I like the taste of green tea, but maybe you don't, so you might consider doing a supplement. One cup of green tea has about 35 milligrams of caffeine compared to coffee, which has 135 milligrams. So um, it does have caffeine. If you're sensitive to that before bed, definitely watch it. May not be the best idea. Last kind of public service announcement on green tea. You don't want to add milk to it. Uh, the casein protein inhibits the benefits of the antioxidants. And you want to get a good high quality brand of green tea because a lot of the cheaper ones, nothing bad that they're made in China, but some of those have chemicals I was reading about in the processing of them, uh, which contain fluoride and other, uh, I think chlorine in there and, and bleach even. So some nasty stuff. Obviously, you want to be going high quality with this. Okay. That is it. Those are your top five health hacks you can consider adding in to make you happy, healthy, and inspired and not stress out as much about um, what not to do. We're focusing on what to do. And um, everything has a place in time. And I think kind of adding things in, for me personally, really made me like health a lot more than uh, trying to 
have a not-to-do list. I felt more proactive, like I was um, taking care of myself instead of depriving myself of things. Okay, so paleohacks.com is the blog. Get our articles, recipes, and former podcasts over there. Really cool stuff. All our archives are on there for free. Clark at ClarkDanger.com. If you want to get a hold of me, let me know what you thought of the show. Comments, questions. I love hearing from you guys. And then the last thing, if this show is helpful, please go over to iTunes, leave a rating and a review. Really helps us out. That's all I got, guys. We'll be back next week with a guest. Uh, I got to look who it is. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next Thursday. Bye.